Somewhere men are laughing and somewhere children shout. But there is no joy in Mudville. Mighty Casey has Welcome back to the Mudville Podcast. There is one week left in the MLB Are you doing your regular NPR season. NPR voice. Welcome back to the Mudville Podcast. Do you want me to do my NPR voice? Because that is a door that you could very much open if you want to, Brody. <laughs> we will be discussing the new book from Jay Whitworth Sippenstein. Yes. It is, is called Trust. The relations between <laughs> the rich children and their parents. Yeah. <laughs> we think there's some very interesting discourse surrounding that. No, but what we're actually talking about is <laughs> yeah, there's one week left in Major League Baseball's regular season. We're going to get into that in just a little bit because first, the writer strike apparently over. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge news for me. Um, personally, I'm not in the WGA, but I do tend to try to work in a place that is dependent on there being content to be made. So it oh, is don't uh, say content. I well Boo. no, but you know what I mean. It's just Boo. there needs to be work uh which involves there being I do know what shows you mean. and movies that need to be productionized. I could have said produced, but that feels like different connotations. You get the idea. I do know what you mean, but I'm still going to criticize your nomenclature. The use of the word content bothers you. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I, I get that, but it's also like what it is. Even gr- like, I mean, The Sopranos is content. No, shut up. What is it then? It's a television show. Which is... It's a prestige drama. Content. No. It's content. not called it's content. content. It's wrong. Uh, that's wrong. The uh, The idea of content being a derogatory word for uh, art is fair. Uh, I would just argue that it is a catch-all term for uh, uh, something produced. I don't think that that's a line worth towing, to be quite honest. I don't think that it makes a difference. I'm, I I get why it bothers you. I just don't. I don't see the issue. There's not much uh, wiggle room here in sure. my firmly rooted opinion about that. Uh, if I never saw Fair. the word content again, I I think I might live a couple years longer. To that's be fair. honest. Part of me was still wary when the news broke, given the practices of the AMPTP. Oh, uh, by an I know they like to provide false hope, uh, and that could that could kind of be the ultimate rug pull to try and break spirits one last time. So I saw my um, my uncle, who also works in uh, production. He is a what is it called? Um, I like it not. Uh, like it, like screen. If there's a screen on screen, he does. It's like digital filling or whatever the hell the name is. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but he works in that. So I saw him this weekend, and I was asking him, you know, like, what do you think? And he's like, apparently they're close. He's like, yeah, I'll believe when I see it. It's <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly where I am too. What um, did you say was written know, by an Italian? 
Um, no, the head of the AMPTP is a woman named Carol Lombardini. Bad representation for I the can, Italians. Uh, I can only assume. Damn. At Paisan, Paisana. Is there a female Italian name? You're asking the wrong person. That's fair. I should know that. <laughs> um, SAG is still on strike, of yes, course. Which is uh, why I'm full not solidarity. Over the moon yet. Yeah. Yes. Full solidarity to them, uh, as Don't well as the money. United Auto Workers. Uh, All right. Everybody on strike at the same time. Huge moment for labor. Uh, this is a very pro labor podcast. Absolutely. Uh, we remember when they unionized minor league baseball last year and nobody thought that was possible. I think all of a sudden people start getting a little power and support behind them yeah, and we a, can change the framing of what becomes a, possible. It's a snowball effect. Um, and it, so there is also the IATSE, which is the union that I've been working through, not for. I'm not a member of the union, even though I would love to be. Um, their contract is up next year with the AMPTP. So there's a chance that if they don't get what they want um, after that contract is up, we're going to see another similar thing happen. So uh, brace for that as well. That's going to be coming down the pipe. Doom pike? and gloom. Uh, I think it's pipe. I, I mean, feel like it's pipe, but pike also doesn't make down sense. the pike. I mean, I, I feel I, like I've heard both. This is a very semantics-heavy episode. I know. <laughs> um, I'm going to Google coming down the pike. While you do that, I'm going to read the uh, statement from the WGA. That's great. They wrote a letter, uh, and it, here's the letter in its entirety. It is coming down the pike originally, but people say both. Oh, okay. Well, I guess they both make sense. Yeah. Um, here's the letter. Dear members... We have reached a tentative agreement on a new 2023 MBA, which that word is to scares say, me too, by the way. T- what, tentative? Tentative. Yeah, I know, I know. Everything has been referred to as tentative, which I do not like. Anyway. Which is to say an agreement in principle on all deal points subject to drafting final contract language. What we have won in this contract, most particularly everything we have gained since May 2nd, is due to the willingness of this membership to exercise its power to demonstrate its solidarity, to walk side by side, to endure the pain and uncertainty of the past 146 days. It is the leverage generated by your strike in support with the extraordinary support of our union siblings that finally brought the companies back to the table to make a deal. We can say with great pride that this deal is exceptional with meaningful gains and protections for writers in every sector of the membership. What remains now is for our staff to make sure everything we have agreed to is codified in final contract language, and though we are eager to share the details of what has been achieved with you, we cannot do that until the last I is dotted. To do so would complicate our ability to finish the job. So, as you have been patient with us before, we ask you to be patient again one last time. Word on the street is I think that they're looking at a three-year deal, which is, again, a little scary. Um, There's a lot about this, which I, it should be short, I guess, just because things change very quickly and, you know, money is, yeah, your compensation can shift. I'm like, what is fair? So, um, very quickly. So, I guess three years makes sense. It's just all of this. Maybe it's just because I'm relatively new in this industry, but it all sounds very scary in that all of this could happen again. <laughs> Noticeably, uh, yeah, nothing in the statement about AI, which was a yeah. huge point of contention. I yeah. can't imagine. Again, the details will come out. So, yeah. You know, there's like, a chance it's in there. The fact that there was an agreement 
made at all, and yeah. especially the fact that they're calling it historic and they're saying that they're extremely proud. I can't imagine that they would budge even an inch on the usage of, of no. AI. No, to, absolutely so, not. They know if they give an inch, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Everything's gone. It's um, over. It's <laughs> certainly one of the first things where my head went, but you know, there are quite a few people out there who are way smarter than me and who have been involved with this from the start, and I have not heard any concerns from them. So at this moment, I will trust that whatever the agreement is, it is not completely um, dystopian in regards to the usage of artificial intelligence. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited. But again, that being said, it's apparently everything is tentative and uh, SAG is still striking as well. So, you know, production is not back fully yet but solidarity to sag exactly um and uh <laughs> keep the energy next year when iati inevitably goes on strikes as well so um you can expect that too um but a win's a win so and then like two years later we'll do it all again major league <laughs> baseball will go on strike and then that'll yeah. be what yeah, it's just all just well. Be at a, least with the the MLB lockout, I feel like is so. Whenever that happens, it's uh, that the clock on that is a lot more set in stone, and there's a lot more urgency to get that done because if uh, people striking for their jobs don't have like a you know they could just stay away as long as you know the production companies can stomach not making new content. Baseball has a clock you know, that has a you sure. know, year to year. And um, uh, yeah, the most a lot more pressure on both sides in that situation. Not well, that there isn't here. Obviously, there is, but it's a bit different kind of pressure. Well, the most recent strike, and I, I mean this in terms of both Major League Baseball and writers and actors. You know, there there's infinitely more public support for the WGA and for mm-hmm. the unions and for the yeah. players and everything before. You know, like in the past when the players went on strike and. Major League yeah. Baseball, like fan sentiment was, oh, why are we watching millionaires argue with billionaires? Yeah. Like you make so much money to play a kid's game. Like, ba- like people were not in support of the players back money, then. Like just you and know, play. And it's shifted. The cultural moment has absolutely changed. Uh, people are fed up, I believe, with billionaire greed. And uh, I, I think once it's about goddamn time, once everything starts seeping into the things that you love and, you know, you start seeing the influence that money has and the ability it has to ruin things that you love, you start feeling a little bit less sympathetic to the people who profit off of that. So it's uh, that's yeah. the next thing I think that the, some of these fat cats are going to realize is that all that they had to really do is stay in, invisible. Yeah. And as long as people didn't realize that they were the dominant invisible hand controlling everything, sure. they'd be able to continue it forever. But I think they've gotten a little too greedy. They did. And uh, big for I the britches. They might, I hopefully they might approach the find out stage at <laughs> a certain point. Yeah. Well said. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, what's next? I don't know. What else you got? What's my, on your mind? My Killers of the Flower Moon ticket is secure yeah, as yeah. of today. I saw a few ads for that. But yeah, that, that movie looks amazing. Um, that content's going to be great. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I am so incredibly excited to see this movie. Uh, I got the ticket within like 12 hours of tickets even going on sale. 12 um, hours? I'm shocked you still got one. I know. Me too. I, I'm sitting in like, not at the like very very front because if it was too close i wouldn't have bothered but i'm sitting pretty pretty close to the in the like 30th percentile or something (laughs) okay fair enough yeah Yeah. but 
That'll be that, fun. That was the furthest seat back there was. Yeah, I, I really can't wait to see a Martin Scorsese picture in a crowded theater full of uh, movie-loving folk. It's going to be fun. That movie looks great. My brother read the book. Um, he said he's very excited. I've been debating recently whether I should read the book in the next month before I, I see the movie on the October 19th is the exact day. Um, I think I probably should do it. Um, I've given it as a Christmas gift in the past. Sure. And I've seen it all around, of course. And I've heard only incredible things. And, you know, any movie Martin Scorsese, any book that Martin Scorsese adapts is uh, sure to be fascinating. Yeah. And I know that the author, David Gran, just recently put out another book called The Wager uh, about mutiny on a wrecked ship, I believe, uh, that Scorsese would also like to adapt with Leonardo DiCaprio, as is per rumor. If that happens, we might be in another uh, half decade or so of uh, Scorsese domination over American cinema. And I, for one, would not complain about that. I had a really great experience with uh, the irishman when that one came out in theaters back in late 2019 um that was the semester that i was in los angeles and i saw it like at the i think paris theater at like its premiere because you know it was a netflix release so it didn't have a huge like theatrical like most most people saw it over thanksgiving with like their families or just complained about the length or whatever right right, um but i saw those like like, episode like yeah, some ideas, people um, like had to split it up. Somebody make it a short series organized uh, a graphic of how to split up the the Irishman into four like episodic parts. Um, which I guess if if you want to do that is fine. Like I to I be fair, man, I wouldn't is long. Yeah, like <laughs> I I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, I I think I'm not as hostile towards that idea as some people are. Um, I do think. You know, if you pace yourself and you knock out some time and you pee before or whatever, I do think you can do it all in in one go. Like, no, of course you can, but you know, well, because I did when it was in theaters, it. and it, it's you know, in in contention for the greatest movie going experience of my life. You know, not knowing what I was getting into, um, sure, not being close to as familiar with Martin Scorsese's career as it's I am though. now. The like, same people who would complain about the runtime are the same ones who could sit down and watch like four episodes of Game of Thrones in a row without even like moving. Absolutely. So, like, yeah, you just don't even think about it. They can just binge an entire season of uh, WandaVision. Sure. Yeah. But, oh, three-hour movie. No, right. I, I, could go, I could go on about that for a while. Yeah. But, it is inter- that's got to be a psychological thing, right? Because, like, how is it that people have no issue... Maybe because it has stopping points built in that you're choosing to ignore, whereas like a movie is like you know beginning to end, you're locked in for X amount of hours. Yeah, I, I mean, know. what we're really talking about is kind of the reason for why I prefer film as a medium to television. Like, I think it's a better tool for storytelling, and both in the literary and in a visual sense, and also the episodic nature of TV incentivizes its yeah, creators to like lengthen to drag everything out and then it just becomes but it can also leave you some room to breathe like uh you know i i will say oh certainly it certainly can um and that's why i think people are able to watch more of that than that than you know to sit down and watch a three-hour movie yeah i think that fair. that explains it is kind of like downtime 
maybe if that's what you want to call it that uh, tv usually offers like i will say good tv is really really good yeah of course (laughs) hot take amazing criticism there (laughs) i think it opens the door to manipulation and to it can very easily become not worth the audience's time i think right like have you ever watched lost I have. And, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it was like 10 years ago at this point. Sure. But, uh, I, dude, I, I loved it, it when I watched it. I watched it sophomore year of college, which I think is six years ago. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Insane. Um, so, yeah, I guess actually that kind of makes sense because, uh, man, for those who don't know, we became friends because of Gary Sanchez, essentially, <laughs> what he was doing when he came up. That was freshman year, so it was right after that. Yeah, that um, was during his... Uh, incredibly hot uh august 2016 yeah. that was when we moved september, into our august, freshman september. year of college yeah um and yeah gary sanchez just started going on a tear yep and yeah but was, uh anyway the the point being was that that show i i went into it thinking like you know i love the whole like the hook was so strong sure and eventually like it, it that show is good now when you are able to just binge it and but i get why everyone was so pissed because if i had to wait Week after week after week after week for literally, I mean, like, what, 25 weeks per season or something? Because it was 20-something episodes. I think the first year. three or four seasons are, like, super long, and then the last ones were, like, a little bit shorter. Yeah, but I, that could feels be right. wrong. That was a long time ago. I would just, I would be infuriated. But being able to just go episode to episode, it was it was a good watch. But, um, but that show that, yeah. absolutely was like circling the fucking drain for a minute there. The <laughs> well, <end. laughs> once you leave the island and then go back to the island, you yeah. kind of lose the conceit of we're being stranded, and then now you're just we're just kind of here. They they leaned into the magic aspect a little too hard. And yeah, the whole, like it was it got, you know, it was uh it was why uh it, it had the same issue that the Pirates of the Caribbean series had, which is like they didn't understand. I think that people did not necessarily like it for the weird supernatural aspects but they liked the fun island adventure pirate romp that that pirates of the caribbean was and lost was the exact same thing but then they leaned in too hard in the supernatural stuff i haven't <laughs> seen uh i've only seen the first pirates movies movie but uh yeah, go the off are, they, uh the second and third one are, are worth watching they're fun cool speaking of long run times but those movies are fine they're good yeah. they're just they're entertaining Number one example that I can think of for a TV show that was so, so good and then just absolutely <laughs> flatlined is The Walking Dead. Oh. It's funny because <laughs> everybody stopped watching that show at the exact same moment. That yeah. is like, uh, as far That's as like flame not true. out audiences I would, I would have to contend with that a little bit. When that show was on around like season three, um, everybody was watching it. People were, were tuning in on a, a weekly basis. It's the biggest show in the country. I noticed people just kind of gave up on it, felt like it wasn't really going anywhere. I liked um, season three. I stuck with it for a while. I really liked season four and season five, even at the time. Do I remember what was going on in those seasons? You might have to refresh my memory. <laughs> oh, God. I I don't even right. Season four was like Terminus. The camino- or the cam- what did I just say? The Cannibals. Yeah. Yes. That actually, terminus, I, I did that watch. pretty good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And then when they went to like Washington, D.C. with like Alexandria. Yeah, I was still into it then too. Um, Abraham and uh, and 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 Eugene and Rosita. And Rosita. Yeah, they, they were cool. Yeah, it was. Weird. 
it went bad when Negan showed up and bashed in everyone's Killed head. Killed Abraham and Glenn. Um, which, that like, was, two fan which, favorites. Spoilers if you... Oh, everybody. I, I, that's, like, on par that, with Vader being Luke's dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, just which because I guess everybody... is a cultural win for the show that yeah. everybody knows about that. Yeah. But I do think that it, it's in a much more... Uh, I think it left a much worse taste in everybody's mouth than a moment like, you know, like you said, Luke. Yeah, it's well, funny. He, because he doesn't actually say, Luke, I'm your father. No, but he says no... Wait, what is it? Um, he, says, he says no, no Luke, I'm, I'm your, father. your father. Yeah, But like, I don't know. That's like a That's like a moment of wonder and awe. And like, I don't know, most moments that you would consider in like a classic hollywood movie that you know people remember like everybody on twitter though when they, they talk about that, the walking dead yeah. always points to that exact moment being like yeah that was it that was like, it was, like it was uh, done after yeah that. same for yeah. me i stopped watching after that i don't know why because i did still like the show and i was like man that's you know i knew that was going to happen but then it, it yeah it just kind of feels like a natural ending i don't know why like there's still so much to do and they did a shit ton after that obviously but like is I mean, it still on. I don't even no, know. No, it ended. I, I think, I think it last just year. ended. Yeah, but I remember. I was. But I don't home. know what happened. So I was gonna say, my dad was. He kept up with it for a while afterwards. Um, he stopped and then got back into it right before it was gonna end because he probably Weird. saw. No, he probably saw it was like gonna end, and then he was like, "All right, I'll get back into it and finish it." Fair enough. Um, and I was home visiting, and he had a, uh, like a late, late run episode on like I, I don't know what the last season is but it was like leading up to the end of the show and i was literally watching it with him just because i sat down and i was like who are any of there was no i think there were two characters that i even recognized I'm like sure. by the end like it was just i you, you can't watch a show when the whole cast has turned over <laughs> like it's just like there's no there's no through line stories like Daryl. I think is the only one. He has a new spinoff, by the way. I've seen. I'm seeing the ads in all over Paris, the, the which subway. is out now. Wait, and it's he's in Paris. Yeah, it's in. How the fuck? How did he get to Paris? He get to Paris in a zombie apocalypse. What the hell? That is like the most brutal apocalypse in any apocalypse. Like I'm, I was about to say, content in any apocalypse story that I've taken in um, that I can think of. Like, there's not like there's not a lot of. Um, stories that take place in an apocalypse where things feel more bleak than the walking dead. Like even the last of us, they're like cities and people are, you know, existing and have lives and shit. But that one is, everything is decimated. How the hell did he cross an ocean? <laughs> like, I, I don't know, but I don't know. Dude. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what, what happened. I, I probably explained it in episode one. I, I don't know. <laughs> I did watch like the, he rides a whale. <laughs> I did actually watch the rest of that Negan season. Um, and like, I fully gave up when the tiger showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's kind of same. And Eventually, there, was, there was a guy. You would text named, me and I was uh, like, eh. Ezekiel, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like a king and he had a tiger. And king the tiger ate somebody in the season finale, I remember. That was the last episode I watched. Was and it, I was, was like, cool. The tiger kill was kind of cool i would hope so yeah but um why did he have a tiger that seems like a lot of work to take care of a jungle cat yeah <laughs> apocalypse um you can imagine if you can't feed it you're fucked it's a mess <laughs> he's gonna eat you <laughs> like i don't idea. watch that show anymore bad call for a pet man oh speaking of shows that the studios won't let die 
apparently there is news that the office is getting rebooted once the once the sag is approved. I saw a tweet about that. I I quite frankly will believe it when I see it. On one hand, I am surprised they haven't tried to milk that like IP cash cow already. Um, and at the same time, the I feel like has. Yeah, <laughs> they true. all have their own little podcasts. That's true. Yeah, and you know what we think about podcasts here at the Mudville Idiots. Podcast? <laughs> Savages and fools. Savages, Never do that. Yeah. Never degrade myself Just like that. A podcast? God. How dare they? Disgusting. Awful. Anyway, you do have a point. It's surprising that this is the first, um, the first real attempt to bring it back to at least network TV. Try to squeeze any other dollars they can out of it. If they have any of the original cast, it's going to be expensive. Like, I don't... That show is going to be up against it to make them any money. Like, I don't know how they're It's very true. So, you know, like we said to open the episode, uh, most of the division races are all wrapped up at this point. Uh, the Braves and the Dodgers, of course, have clinched their respective divisions. Mm-hmm. In the week since we last recorded, the Milwaukee Brewers have also clinched the NL Central. The Twins clinched the AL Central quite a while ago. That it, it that division is fucking it's a mess. That's so bad. And uh, the Orioles have a strong lead over the Tampa Bay Rays with just a few games left. They're at two and a half right now. Yes. I don't think that they should be able to relinquish. I think they have a looks very good for Baltimore, especially with all of Tampa Bay's injuries. Yep. Uh, now, the AL West is where it gets pretty spicy because we have the Rangers at 87 and 68. Yeah, can I real quick? How the hell did the Astros bungle this so hard? I like I. It's amazing the teams that they have allowed to beat them. They just got swept by Kansas City. Uh, I mean, man, can't let that, that happen. Even late September, no, no, no. I mean, like, look, if you had a forty-game lead on your division, sure, who cares? They they were barely holding on to the top spot in that division. You get swept by the Royals. Terrible. I don't know how that happens. Truly, yeah. like I was saying, uh, the Rangers. Pathetic. 87 and 68 uh the astros at 85 and 71 and the mariners at 84 and 71 the latter two teams there uh kick off a series against each other tonight and this is especially noteworthy because the toronto blue jays also have 87 wins and statistically speaking will very likely make the playoffs over one of those teams at the time of recording, the Astros have a 60% chance to make the playoffs, and the Mariners have a 45% chance. Barring a drastic Toronto drop-off, it'll be between those two teams for the final playoff spot. So tonight's series is about as electric as regular season baseball should get. Now, the AL West is nowhere near in the bag because, and this is about to get a little bit confusing so dear listener bear with me while the rangers do have a three-game lead and an upcoming series against the los angeles angels they have they a two and a half game lead sorry three game lead over one team two and a half over the other yeah they do yeah. end the season against the seattle mariners um after this must watch astros mariners series houston will finish their season in arizona and then of course seattle goes to play texas 
Toronto gets a very beat-up Tampa Bay Rays team to end the year and are currently in what should be a cakewalk matchup against our very own New York Yankees. (laughs) So, without a doubt, that is the race to watch. But, of course, also you can't be sleeping on the National League wildcard. Philadelphia's got that first spot locked up, but the next two spots are still up for grabs as the Arizona Diamondbacks and the... Chicago Cubs are tied at 82-74. and 74. The Marlins are only one game back, and the Reds, two and a half. The Padres and Giants do have a fractional chance. Both of their elimination numbers at the time of recording is two, so they should be out by the time you even listen to this podcast. But I should note that they do still have a mathematical chance. Both five games out as we speak. Arizona finishes their season against the White Sox and Astros. The Cubs play the Braves and the Brewers. The Marlins play the Mets and the Pirates. So Pittsburgh has a chance to really play spoiler here in this last week. There's two ways to look at that. That and also the Marlins have a pretty good (laughs) chance to rattle off some wins. It could happen. They really could sneak in. I mean, I I don't know that I would. I'm kind of rooting against them at this point, honestly, and the only reason for that is that Sandy Alcantara uh, has forearm tightness, and they just put Yuri Perez on the IL, Oof. and those are really the only players that I would enjoy watching on you that team. You want to see a Luis Arise playoff run? Only if he was get only if he goes like fourteen for twenty is the only way that he, he could might go really be exciting. 20. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or he might so go hey. over twenty. <laughs> If the Marlins rattle something off, more power to them. But right. right now, of these teams, I do think that their current act, their current active, healthy roster is the least exciting. Pittsburgh, like we said, they can really play spoiler. Not that they really have much incentive to do so. And Cincinnati wraps up against Cleveland and St. Louis. So what I'm hearing mainly through all of this is right now, I would want to be the Mariners more than almost any other team in the wildcard hunt because it is right there. Go take it. If you want it, go get it. It's like it is so right in front of you. The <laughs> like, Mariners have their opponents directly in front of them. You're absolutely right. They If, if they win these games, they should make the playoffs, um, whereas some of those National League teams will have to be scoreboard watching along with their own games. The AO wildcard is also interesting because right now it is – the the one seed is technically, um, I think the Rays, right? No, it's Baltimore. Sorry, you know, I mean like the the four, like the uh, the one in the wild card. Oh, oh, okay. like the yes. first wild card yes. team. Yes, is the Rays. Second is the Blue Jays. So all of this squabbling is for the third wild card spot because the AL East. Well, we assume is still that top the heavy Toronto the punchers, the heavy punchers that you yeah. expected. You know, like. Yeah. Like we said, though, the the Rays have clinched. Toronto still could have a drastic drop-off. Like, if they drop two of three to the Yankees it's, and then they lose yeah. those next few games, like, that could still happen. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can really put Tampa and Toronto in the same spot yet, but if the standings wrap up in the same spot as they are now, then absolutely. Right now, it, it, it looks like everybody is fighting over the third wild-card spot with the Blue Jays having it locked in but again that's you're right there's still what a week of games so yeah you're right a there's left. there's a chance some tomfoolery to knock them out of that spot but the some shenanigans matter. i think because of the 
wild card matchups, how they kind of uh, altered that bracket a, a little bit. Um, right. There's just going to be some uncertainty there until we're actually in the divisional series. Yeah, fair enough. But anyway, I was saying this is definitely shaping up to be one of the most interesting like last two weeks-ish of the season. Potentially um, multiple all-time finishes. Yeah, that I can remember. I, last year, if you remember, we had that crazy graph that was like how do we uh, how we get to a 163. Yes. Which was nuts. That was really fun. Um, that was like the American League wild card was shaping up to be insane. Um, but this is both leagues, to be honest with you. Every single spot is kind of, you know, there's still some jostling to be done. Absolutely. <laughs> so, this yeah. year, game 163, I think, is a lot more likely. Um, I think they eliminated the possibility of a game 163. Did they really? Yeah, I think there's a bunch of tiebreakers Oh, now. that's so sad. I know. I, I kind of hate that. But it's uh, it's it goes down to tiebreakers. And I'm pretty sure the first one is it's either – I think it's head-to-head record. And then if that's the same, it goes to divisional record. Which is crazy because imagine the you know a wild card team coming out of let's say you know the NL Central has to go up against a team who's coming out of the NL West. This is a hypothetical. I'm just saying you run into a lot of issues with the quality of competition. Sure. <laughs> so oh, absolutely. It's uh, it's interesting. But yeah. Yeah. The uh, Central divisions are. It, I'm going to be watching very closely to see if they can hold their own. In the postseason. Yeah, I mean, look, this is like the worst year probably in baseball history for central teams in general. I mean, the NL Central, the Pirates have had a puncher's chance until recently to get in. So that should tell you, this is a beat up Pirates team. All of the teams were either, you know, hot and cold or uh, just non-competitive in the central divisions. And Hopefully that changes or else there's going to have to be some restructuring. Yeah, which I don't want. So I, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for the central teams. Go make a, <laughs> yeah. make a statement. I like, like the to way see the baseball's organized. I don't want it to change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I'm good with it. I mean, I I would like to see a few expansion teams, I think, yeah, moving forward. Because I think just the crop of talent is becoming so much larger right. that uh, it's it's going to be warranted. Yeah, I think throwing going to thirty two is inevitable. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I think I know. think thirty six. Are you being serious? Or yeah. Is that you, you want to go to thirty six teams? Yeah, that's crazy. I could send you a couple articles. Are about there people it. saying thirty six? Yeah, I mean, wow. like it's the legal definitely get bigger. Where uh, where would you put them? I feel like the NBA would get bigger before anything else. Only there's you know just like off the top. Where would I put teams? Um, and there's no minor leagues. Nashville. Maybe yeah. Portland. Yeah. Um, you might put one in Vancouver. Northwest, there's not that many Montreal. people out there. There could be a team in... Also, how many do you want in Canada? Being Like, you know, that's that could be Yeah, an issue. no, I know. But I mean, I think... Montreal, want, Nashville makes sense. They think they have dreams of expanding into Europe at some point, but that Definitely. might be kind of a pipe dream for now. I think the NFL does that first, if anything, with the... Because there's only 16 games. Can't have 80 games a year in, in England. Like, that's hard. But my okay, my of official prediction uh is in five years we have four more teams and they are in Montreal, Nashville, Portland, and Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would say Nashville makes sense to me. I feel like we're gonna end up with like a Louisville, like something like down in like that area of the country where there's no professional sports teams at all. 
Um, right. Except for like the Memphis Grizzlies, like that's kind of it. Yeah, like, you know, there's not a lot down there. There is a reason for that. It's you know, it's mostly because people down there are poor, so there's no money for stuff like this. But um, which is why there's no teams in like Mississippi. Oh, Nashville is such a solid bet. Nashville, maybe like in Omaha. Nah, I don't know about Omaha. I don't know, man. What about in Oklahoma City? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I could see that. Wait, what about in New Mexico? Could be interesting. Mexico City, just the elevation, is, I think, would be a problem. Yeah. Oh, Vegas. Ve- well, you Vegas, they're already, Vegas. They're already moving a team to Vegas. It's kind of a given, I guess. But yeah, yeah Vegas. Oakland. Put another team in put Oakland. A, put a team back right. in Oakland. Montreal, too. I think Montreal would do well. Because yeah. Seattle, I think they're saying, is going to be the number one list or number one city on the list for NBA expansion. Just of course. Of Super yeah. So that's going to be interesting. All right. So I think we're set then. Um, Nashville. Montreal. Montreal. Maybe if Oakland gets a team back, that would be fun. Okay. Nashville, Montreal, Oakland, and Saudi Arabia. Yeah. There we go. I think that's fair. For Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the crown prince is going to sign Wander Franco. Just put the uh, put the the Nippon Giants in. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not <laughs> the IL East? <laughs> Do you watch any movies this week? Did I? No, but I have been watching a lot of. I know we don't cover TV as we. Well, that's okay. We can talk about. But it. been watching a lot of Only Murders in the Building, which is the Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez vehicle, sure. mystery vehicle, mm-hmm. <laughs> mystery machine. Um, that show is fantastic. I've been really enjoying. Um, girlfriend and I have been obsessed for close to two weeks. I would nice, say. and it's not like uh, you know, it's like it's a mystery that is well done to the. I also just love. I'm a sucker for a mystery. Like it is, it's keeping you guessing so much, and then it it's so good at twisting at the last second to the point that now we're in the third season. We keep on the thing that we've been saying more than anything else is that's what they want us to think it is. So it's definitely not them. Like <laughs> it's you know we've, yeah we we've been getting uh in getting our sleuth mode on. It's sure. been really fun. I that show nice. has been more fun than a lot of other mysteries I've watched recently. Um, at trying to figure out who it is, um, or what it is. Know who it is, but it's been uh, it's been fun. Gotta love a good whodunit. Yeah, it's it's well done, and it feels it has like a little bit of a Barry energy to it, um, but like a New York Barry that's a little bit lighter. Like Barry's very heavy and you know dark and shit, sure. and this is a bit more flippant about the fact that people keep dying around these people. Yeah, but it's uh, it's fun. Which Barry was in its first two seasons. Yes, exactly, okay. and then less so. Yeah, much less uh, so. God. <laughs> It uh it, it works though it's it's really good and I mean Martin Short and Steve Martin are like gems and Selena Gomez is a good job she's very fun cool good good character good actor good comedic timing with the old I was in uh, New Hollywood auteur mode this week nice. I started off kind of unintentionally just sort of happened but I started with a couple of uh, Brian De Palma movies that I had not seen. The first uh, was 1987's The Untouchables. Oh, how was that? I thought he salvaged a dog shit David Mamet script that was honestly laughably fascist. Yeah, like, sure. You like don't the like whole Mamet? <laughs> the whole thing is like Kevin Costner, of course, is Elliot Ness, the cop trying to get al capone in the era of prohibition right but the sean connery character is just such an absurd concept it's like for a supporting protagonist it's basically like this is the most 
corrupt and violent cop on the planet and like does nobody talk about it or like well and just everything he says is about how like italians are the devil and is like irish nationalist (laughs) and it's just like yeah this is my boy uh we're gonna irishman hates italians more than the english if you're irish you hate the english more than you hate anything else on the planet tell it to sean connery in the untouchables that doesn't make any sense (laughs) yeah no i mean there's the irish have against italians (laughs) there's like it's just it's it's a very pro cop type movie and uh, i don't know given i think this this might have been like a for hire de palma thing i don't know how much of his like passion went into this or whatever uh i don't know a ton of the production history behind the untouchables but um just you know watching that movie i felt like brian de palma can turn shit into diamonds or whatever the phrase is there um coal into diamonds maybe yeah sure. <laughs> is know. that what you're calling for <laughs> maybe i guess that that <laughs> Honestly, works i have no idea um but then after that uh i also watched uh the fury from 1978 and then i watched uh steven spielberg's duel from right. 1971 which was a lot of fun uh i really enjoyed that that it was just a compulsively watchable movie like i turned it on for a second expecting to pause it for a second and come back and then i just kind of watched the entire thing (laughs) of course i I was at a family function this weekend and i told my brother that you had been i was saying how impressed i was because i walked into the room saw what you were watching uh and laid down a guess of 1973 to which he responded 1971 was very close um and that was not based on anything other than what it looked like so i was like not bad purely very early 70s yeah yeah. Um, good guess and then i was like so you know i was just telling him the fact that i was able to do that and he was like oh what was he watching i was like i don't remember it was uh something and i texted you i said what are you watching he's you told me duel um i said right that's right duel and Morgan, my brother, was like, oh, I've seen Duel. I was like, why have you seen Duel? And I told he was like, tell Nolan that I saw Duel, even though he won't believe me. I texted you back, and you wrote back, I totally believe him. That's a very Morgan core movie. His favorite movie is about what if there was a bus that couldn't slow down. He thinks I wouldn't believe he's seen the movie about what if a big truck wanted to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Um, for those of you who know my brother, um, he was on the podcast in episode two, I believe. He'll we be had back. Him back. And he will. Um, Many a yes, time. In a, in a much more regular uh, sense, which we'll get to that. Yeah, his favorite movie is Speed. So this movie is right up his alley. Absolutely. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you like vehicle movies. <laughs> uh, Criterion <laughs> actually... He's seen Mad Max. <laughs> I should point him to this. Criterion actually just uploaded a collection recently of uh, 70s road movies. Ah. with like v- I don't know, Duel was a part of it, and there's a bunch of others on there, too. Was I've- the road in there or no? I'm not sure, honestly. I don't think that's that kind of movie. To be I, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> and then after Duel, I uh, wrapped it up with Paul Schrader's uh, Hardcore from 1979, which is another movie I had not seen, despite being a huge fan of Paul Schrader. Um, and this was this was one that I found to be one of his weaker movies. I felt, um, you know, much of the marketing for it at the time and like much of the appeal was 
the idea of that of the one scene where George C. Scott is in a porno theater and he realizes it's his daughter on the screen. Oof. Yeah, and like so like the the poster for the movie like says like oh my god that's my daughter and like so it's like the whole then gotcha. I think the movie could have gone way way harder than it did given that concept especially cuz yeah, it like was that episode of always sunny. 3 years after Taxi Driver from the same screenwriter I think it could have gotten a little bit darker or I don't know gone it could have taken a few more risks than it did Man, you know watching the movie paul schrader huh paul schrader is a king god damn yes. taxi driver raging bull man first performed mm-hmm. that's there right 40 years later first yeah. performed arguably the best movie of the 2010s man um, there you go paul schrader just tr- truly doing it like nobody else is right now I, I think you can make the argument that he is the only american director who is making movies about things that matter but I probably wouldn't make that argument. But I think you could. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Man. I love Paul Schrader. One extra thing. I think uh, Timothy Chalamet has been cast in a Bob Dylan He has. Uh, yes. Biopic. Yep. Directed your, by James Mangold. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that happened a while ago, but... I know, but I only heard about it this weekend, so I want to talk oh, about okay. it. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. I... I'm a little skeptical. I don't know enough about Bob Dylan to like be explicitly against Timothy Chalamet playing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do like Bob Dylan's music quite a bit of what I've heard. Not that I'm familiar with all of it. He has quite a bit of it. He does have quite a bit of it. Um, he's one of those guys who never stopped making music, by the way, so he has a lot of shit. Yeah, no, I saw a concert <laughs> video of him from this weekend, even. Ah, there you go. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty historic. Like, 90-year-old Bob Dylan trotted out there. Uh, but I am willing to give that movie the benefit of the doubt, I suppose. Fair enough. Uh, I thought that was a really weird <laughs> casting choice. Bob Dylan was like... I don't know. He's like an asshole, <laughs> like in a good way. But like, I don't know. I I just find the, uh, I, I Timothy Chalamet is um, charismatic in other ways that I don't think Bob Dylan was charismatic. <laughs> and uh, even though they're both charismatic in their own way, I don't think it overlaps. <laughs> so sure, I find uh, I, I feel like that was an interesting choice. That's not going to go well. Well, just we'll like see. Willy Wonka. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. We'll see about the upcoming career of Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, that's what we're going to end it um, on. <laughs> I hope it's good. We could say that much. I uh, I do I, hope it's good. Because I, I, I do love Bob Dylan. I feel like that would be interesting. He has a very interesting story. Um, so I do hope it's good. I just think that that's a ridiculous idea for casting. I don't know who else would play it. I just, I don't know. Sure. We'll see. To wrap up the episode, uh, we would like to make an announcement. Uh, we kind of alluded to this a bit last week. Uh, we are going to be starting a Patreon for the Mudville podcast, uh, and we're going to be launching it. At, Join. We're going to be launching it at the uh, very start of October. Um, and I, I did want to get a little bit into the reasoning as to why we are doing this now. I have had concerns that we don't quite have the audience to justify it, but Twitter is just a pay-to-play cesspool that could start charging its users at any moment. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be leaving for good the second that happens. Yeah, me too. Um, Blue Sky is in 
Oh, I have five blue sky invites. So I have four. Hit me up. Yeah, no, me too. We have so many. If anybody needs one, yeah. uh, blue sky is in constant just beta stasis. It doesn't seem to ever be interested in actually launching. Yeah, uh, and honestly, I just want a mass communication platform where we can share our work, uh, which we are significantly about to ramp up. Um, I experimented with Substack earlier in the year, but I didn't really like it and I couldn't upload the podcast onto there. Uh, so I just really felt like it was time. Uh, we're going to be uploading pretty much all of our stuff on there for free. Um, I'm going to be writing on there. Uh, I'll do some fantasy baseball advice, although that did just end yesterday, right. ironically. Um, and Congratulations, then, by the way. Oh, thank you. I won. Uh, I did take home titles in uh, both of my dynasty leagues again for the second year in a row. So you're uh, so, qualified to give fantasy baseball. I, I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So you want to win your league? You would hope yeah, so. There you go. Um, but yeah, it is free to sign up if you just want to like get updates from us see what what we're up to uh also I'll try to do some writing on there too yeah um, but dude. then the uh going back to what i was talking about with my brother um morgan and i are going to be starting a wfan style new york sports show where we talk about all things new york sports so whether you are a yankee met fan a giants jets fan or a knicks fan fuck the nets um we'll try to touch on hockey when it happens morgan is a bit of a hockey fan not like a a full-on fan but he definitely knows more hockey than i do um but we're going to be talking a lot about um all new york sports so just like the state of where things are and with the football season going on right now and basketball about to start up and the baseball offseason is going to be extremely interesting for both teams because there's a lot of work that has to be done um we're gonna be doing stuff over there probably weekly so keep an eye out for that too Yes, and if you do want to give us your money, we will allow you to do that as oh well. My God, there will be a five dollar tier. Yeah, do not twist our arms <laughs> at all. It's a struggle here, but we will also be starting some uh, Patreon exclusive episodes. Uh, you know, every time there's a big sporting or cultural yeah, Super event Bowl playoffs we want like to talk about yeah. in a kind of more casual setting i'm going to start doing uh classic movie rewinds and try to get some exciting guests to come on and uh, join me for that we're going to be doing some we're going to be doing the cinema of baseball a new series where we try to watch every baseball movie we can get our hands on yep uh, Which was the original crux of the idea for this podcast, and then we kind of didn't do that. So yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna re. Uh, that wasn't reorganize. the <laughs> deepest well, but, <laughs> but, but here this we would are. be a good way to do it. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. We have uh, we have another idea where um, you give us a movie, we'll watch it and do an episode about it. And you might even be able to join us. We're not sure exactly how that's going to work yet, but yeah, you know, like we said, that. we're still getting all, all of this launched. So what? What we we really would love feedback, any questions, yeah. requests from the listener. Uh, if, if you sign up for this, you really will help shape the future of the show. Yeah, and what it looks like. We're planning on keeping it around for a while. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, uh, if you want to be a part of that, reach so, out. Let us know. So if what we've just described appeals to you, please check it out. We're going to be launched, uh, and you don't have to pay a dime if you don't want to. Yeah. So also oh, we already have the URL, so don't try to snake it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we got a, ahead of you on that one. Yeah. Any potential, any potential, uh, thieves. Yeah. 
But I think that's going to do it for us this week. Yeah. Um, either way, keep an eye out for all the new stuff that's coming because hopefully it's going to be uh, pretty soon and we know it's going to be good. So. I will uh, link it all below in the description. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the patience. I know we were a little bit late here, but uh, we do have another episode in the bag this week that's going to be a, a bit of a preview for what we're going to be doing on Patreon. Yep, that's so, going to be fun. Keep an eye out for that, We too. will see you very, very soon. But until then, thank you very much for tuning in, Mudballs. We will catch you all on Flip. Flip.